Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the jazz session. I'm Jason Crane. I know it's been a while since I said that, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, as you may know, I host a daily talk show on a station called 98.7 The Freak. And it's very rare that I talk about jazz on that show. But recently, uh, Darcy James Argue and the Brooklyn Babylon Project came to the town where I live to perform at the local university. And so I had a chance to have him on my show. And even though he's been on the jazz session a couple times before, and he's talked about this specific project before, I thought you might enjoy the interview. Plus, it wasn't just Darcy. It was two other collaborators in the project. And so here it is in its entirety. Oh, sweet Lord. That is so good. Oh, my God. Look, it's uh, <laughs> it's only because someone will come in here and yank me off the air that I'm not going to play the entire piece for you this morning because it is so amazing. But it's also because I really want you to go tomorrow at 730 to Eisenhower Auditorium and check this out for yourself. Now, you're hearing the tiniest bit of this thing. What you're not doing is seeing any of it. And that is so important because this is a true multimedia experience. The music is amazing and the music can stand on its own. But there is also this incredible visual component that goes along with Brooklyn Babylon and it's all happening here. This is this really is like a once in a lifetime thing. You're going to need to go uh, because you will regret it if you don't. And why will you regret it? Because I will remind you on Wednesday if you didn't go how amazing it was and I will chastise you strongly for not having gone the night before. So let's just go because I know all of you personally and then we can all avoid that unpleasantness on Wednesday morning. Uh, joining me this morning to talk about this amazing piece uh, is its composer, Darcy James. Are you? Good morning, Darcy. Good to see you again. Hey, Jason. Uh, also, uh, Daniel JJ is here who did the story, the animation, does the live painting. Good morning, Daniel. Great to have you here. Good morning. Thank you. And directorial consultant Isaac Butler is here as well. Isaac, good to have you. Morning, Jason. Uh, Darcy, can we start with you and just tell folks a little bit about, as best you can, the elevator pitch of Brooklyn Babylon. Kind of give them the, the sense of what they're going to experience tomorrow. So it is, uh, as you said, a, a multimedia production, and it involves live painting, uh, projected animation uh, onto this uh, enormous scrim, uh, and those elements were created by Daniel. Uh, and then there's live music that uh, accompanies the the projected animations and um, the the painting. So um, th these there's a story, sort of an urban fable that is the um, that's the story that we're telling with those three elements, and and it's about. Um, uh, a carpenter named uh, Lev Bezdomny, and uh, he and his granddaughter Mara uh, are living in Brooklyn, and they have uh, a nice life. They have a great neighborhood coffee shop that they love. And then one day they're summoned by the supreme local authority, the mayor of Brooklyn, who announces that he's going to build the tallest tower in the world um, right in the heart of Brooklyn. And uh, it's going to be 1,000 meters tall, over 3,000 3, feet tall. And uh, he would like Lev to build the carousel that is going to go on the roof of this enormous tower. Um, and uh, Lev at first is very honored. And he uh, begins construction on the carousel and then begins to realize uh, what the construction of this enormous tower and this um, uh, huge footprint that it will require will mean for the neighborhood that he loves and uh, the community of people around him. So he has to sort of wrestle with his role um, in the construction of uh, and sort of the symbolism of this tower. Daniel, will you talk about how you and Darcy came together to create this story and uh, this amazing multimedia piece? Uh, well, Darcy was invited to create piece for um, Next Wave Festival for yeah. uh, BAM in Brooklyn, and uh, 
uh, I guess the idea was that it's not just music, but it's a multimedia piece or, or piece that involves in some way uh, visuals or video. Uh, so, so Darcy approached me because uh, he knew about my work for 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 DC Comics and uh, also that I did some um, uh, live painting, uh, live music uh, projects, uh, mainly with Jessica Lurie, musician from also from Brooklyn, and um, so we met uh, and we talked about like w- what could be put together and uh, from the beginning the idea was that, that to find a way to really merge. Uh, uh, live music and visual visuals in some way that is not just the projection of of images in the background, but really creates something that all, where all these elements come together and uh, also during the live performance. So that that's why this this element of of live painting is is really important because it happens uh, at, at the same time and in the same space with the music, with the live music. So we're going to see animation that, of course, was already created because it's difficult yep. to do animation right in the moment uh, uh, and so the animation and, and the music go together in a way we can predict because they always happen together but is the live painting is that kind of in this in the sense of jazz is it improvised also is it different each time this piece is performed a live painting uh, also a lot of people ask like is it imp-? no it's not it, it's all it's all really precisely uh, planned uh, before okay. and coordinated with every single element of the performance so it grows during the performance uh, and 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 ends and at every point it's really connected to what happens with the music and with the animations. Gotcha. Okay, so th- <clears throat> this all sounds like it must have been somewhat of a challenge to to choreograph <laughs> and put together. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a it was a huge challenge, but we were really lucky to had um, to be backed by BAM and had this this amazing production at the at the at Harvey Theater, which where we had the the, the rehearsals and uh, and also at. Um, SUNY Purchase. At, at SUNY yeah. Purchase. Um, so yeah, it, it was a beautiful opportunity uh, for everybody and, and we really tried to, to, to give our best and to create something unique. Uh, Isaac Butler is also here. Um, Isaac, so first of all, maybe you can help me by telling me what the directorial consultant does. Yeah, so uh, pretty early on, uh, I came on board. Darcy and I are, are old friends and I'd used some music of his uh, pre-recorded in a show I had directed. And so when Bam approached him, you know, he 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 approached me because uh, uh, he hadn't put on a giant uh, multimedia spectacular before, and uh, and so um, I mean, who you know, most of us have. Yeah, but yeah. right. No, no, I know. I was like, I mean, come on, man, time's ticking. Everyone's got to get in their giant multimedia spectacular uh, before they turn forty. No, so then, um, uh, uh, and so I was I was brought on pretty early on to kind of consult with these guys, talk about the talk with them about the story as it developed, and then kind of understand their ideas for it as best as possible so that when we were in the room and they were on stage, I could translate that and kind of direct the team to realize that. Um, so it's actually a, a very similar to the stuff I do as a, as a theater director. It's just that I would say that conceptually, uh, you know, the ideas aren't mine, which is why we sort of uh, went with that, went with that title to sure. kind of reflect that. Um, a lot of it was about realizing, you know, their vision uh, with the designers while they were on stage and you know problem solving what brooklyn babylon does is something that's like uh fairly um hopefully the audience will never notice this but it's fairly complicated on a back-end level because the animation 
uh, is pre-recorded and the jazz musicians are improvising, you know, uh, and not playing to a click because as Darcy would say, the, the metronome is the death of jazz. So, um, so you <laughs> I know, have that tattooed on my right yeah, arm. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. So, so, you know, like an example of a problem that needed to be solved. It's like, well, how do you, how do you do that so that the animation syncs up correctly to music that's being played live? And, you know, there's, there's, I mean, you, the answer is you chop it into a million pieces sure. um, uh, and you have an incredibly gifted person who is triggering it and, you know, all that stuff. So it was like a lot of uh, uh, helping out with that process and then working with the light designer and the other designers to make sure the show kind of felt the way that Darcy and Daniel wanted it to feel. So it was kind of mind melding with them and then translating that as best as possible. So it sounds like from your description that essentially every element we see is being played, so to speak, while we're watching it. It's it's not just the music, the animations being played, the lights, there are people kind of all a part of this huge dance all uh, at once. That's a really, really great way to put it. And we have uh, a, an amazing woman named Lindsay Turtletaub, who's our stage manager, uh, who we would be completely sunk without, who um, basically makes sure all of that, all of that happens on time. She's sort of the conductor of the of the back end of it. So, Darcy, I know um, uh, partly because I've interviewed you about this before that you've now been uh, performing this piece on and off for for several years. And I wonder, as as you continue to perform the piece and as the world kind of around you changes, uh, does the piece have any new resonances or have you learned more about it as it goes on? Well, uh, it's interesting because the the villain of the piece, I suppose, is uh, the 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 mayor of Brooklyn. Is sort of this alternate universe where uh, Brooklyn has its own mayor and this, uh, you know, sort of mustachioed, uh, glad-handing politician building this enormous tower as a monument to his own ego has certain <laughs> resonances that Daniel did not uh, envision when he was originally sorry, come out with following. the story. I'm not following. I'm not really sure what you're suggesting. <laughs> also, they are building a 1,000 foot, not meter, but a 1,000 yeah. foot tower in Brooklyn now. I mean, that, that is actually yes, starting it's really to happen. happening, right? right. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, it's actually happening just right up the street from where we premiered it. Uh, it's within spitting distance of Bam, there's going to be a uh, 1,000 tall uh, foot tower. And originally what they wanted to do was uh, demolish Brooklyn Landmark Junior's restaurant, home of Junior's Cheesecake, in order to build this tower, which was, you know... Um, Thankfully, the, the juniors people would not sell, and so they're kind of building the tower all around them. But it's a very, you know, there are, are there are sort of strange instances of life imitating art and, and resonating with the piece in, uh, in, in odd ways um, since 2011 when we premiered it. And, you know, this is a story. I mean, I feel like this story keeps getting told again and again all over the world. When I um, lived, and by the way, BAM is the Brooklyn Academy of Music. There's four guys from New York City in the studio, but we are in Central Pennsylvania. BAM is the Brooklyn Academy of Music, which is an amazing place. And if you go to New York, you should go. Uh, but when I lived in Tokyo, there is a very large department store called Parco 109. And at the cent at the bottom of it, right in the center, is a fish restaurant that's been there for like 250 years because the guy, the old guy who owned the fish restaurant, wouldn't sell when they built the department store. So there's just this massive department store and at the bottom there's this building right. that's literally been on that street for 200 years it still looks exactly the same as it always did and there's just all this stuff built around it and i feel like there are these little pockets of resistance even right in this town where we live on a corner where there used to be some historic houses there's now this uh, what for us is tall because this is state college it's like a 12-story condo and apartment complex going up people who used to live right around there could see the mountains and now they can just see a wall and I feel like this this kind of story about how we 
pave over our past for some glorious new future it just keeps happening again and again maybe nowhere more concentrated than in new york city but i think it's kind of happening everywhere in a sense yeah it's absolutely it's, it's global i mean i'm i'm from croatia from zagreb and you really see it everywhere um so when, when the peace was conceived we kind of those things were happening all around us and we wanted to have something that's connected to Brooklyn but also you know that anyone can relate to yeah um, this this uh, this uh, experience of losing your neighborhood I think a lot of people went through that like my na- neighborhood where I grew up is gone uh, in, in a very similar way so yeah, I do think we can all relate. Uh, we're talking about Brooklyn Babylon. It happens tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. at Eisenhower Auditorium. And uh, you can, of course, go to cpa.psu.edu to get tickets. You really, really should go see this. I really, I can't, I don't know if I've made myself clear here, but <laughs> I, I can't say strongly enough how much, first of all, how rare and kind of wonderful it is that this is happening here in our town because when I saw that this was coming here I read it like three or four times to make sure that I was reading a listing for State College Pennsylvania it's amazing that it was brought here first of all and second of all it's it's not an easy thing to make happen this isn't like it's not four guys with tubas this is a whole thing and it's it's really something you will never have seen before and you probably won't see again and you should go tomorrow night it's really I know that I am hosting another event at the exact same time tomorrow night and I'm not telling you not to go to my event, but I'm kind of telling you not to go to mine and to go to this instead. And let's just hope that no one's listening to that, you know, who might be annoyed by me telling you that. <laughs> but really, you should go to this thing tomorrow night. Uh, 7.30, Eisenhower Auditorium to see Brooklyn Babylon. Uh, I've been super excited this morning to have, uh, it just it feels like a blast from my past, which is awesome. Darcy James Argue, the composer of this amazing work. Thanks so much for being here this morning, Darcy. Thanks so much, Jason. Uh, also, Daniel Jeje, who's the uh, the animator, the, uh, the live painter, uh, conceived the story uh, for this. Daniel thanks so much for being here thank you Jason. Uh, and Isaac Butler the directorial consultant uh, who helps make this entire enormous project uh, come together uh, on the evening Isaac thanks so much it was great to have you thank you uh, so again go to cpa.psu.edu we will put the uh, links to that up on our social media <laughs> this is beautiful everybody's shaking hands in a very Marx Brothers film kind of way right now in the studio uh, we'll put uh, links to all of this uh, up on our social media and our website and really 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 you can get married another night you should tomorrow though <laughs> you should go to Eisenhower Auditorium and see this incredible, incredible piece. It's called Brooklyn Babylon. 7.30 tomorrow at Eisenhower. 98.7 The Freak. Let's uh, let's all get an enormous piece of whiplash right now as we careen back into our normal format with a song by Foo Fighters that you probably won't hear tomorrow night unless the person at Eisenhower is, you know, kind of crafty and clever and is listening to this show right now. And that's a uh, rare, these days, episode of The Jazz Session. Check out thejazzsession.com for the complete archives. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, get out there and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can. And join me, you know, whenever it seems appropriate for another episode of The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.